a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day, another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio and another snowstorm <laughs> coming our way uh, tomorrow. We get a little break. I've kind of been enjoying this every other day snow thing around uh, the Wasatch Front, although when it happens, and it, it uh, happened again, uh, if you're listening to this program on Saturday, it happened again Friday morning when we had uh, snow coming right in time for a morning drive, which is not always the best. Matter of fact, it's always the worst. But uh, anyway, we're enjoying it in the mountains. It's nice to have you waking up with us this morning. A little break in the weather today and then a return on uh, Sunday with some more snow. Russ Smith is uh, gone today, but... The uh, old steadfast, uh, you can always count on him, <laughs> Navidowskis is back with us. He's up in uh, his own compound there in Kaysville. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, I've always got you, Tim. I teach my students responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, dependability, responsibility, right. both things, yeah. Um, so we're talking about snow in the mountains. One of the reports we had this morning on Utah's Morning News, and again, I'll remind everybody, we're recording on Thursday this week for you to enjoy here Saturday morning. Uh, but uh, we're talking about on uh, Utah's Morning News the fact that we're 150% of normal. Now, that's just for this time of year, but we've got more coming, and it could be another foot from uh, the, the latest storm. In the mountains, and I say keep it coming. We deserve this. We do. <laughs> We do. We need this. Yeah. Um, had a chance to get up and do some skiing with uh, you and Gail. And, uh, man, the conditions. And I, people laugh at me, but it felt a little like mid-season last year already. You know what also is good, Tim? My technique was mid-season. I think that cycling all summer kept me in shape. So, yeah, I'm loving every bit of it. And, you know, we're retiring, so we're going to get the 80-day goal finally accomplished. <laughs> well, and Becky can't wait. She's she's counting the days as if she's retiring with you because she spends a lot of time skiing by herself. Although uh, you were a little jealous or should be jealous, she got all of that new snow at uh, Park City the other day, midweek, and no, yeah. nobody was on the mountain. She was going straight onto the lift chair and back up for some more powder. I know, because those of us that still have jobs had to go to work. But that's going to end soon. And by the way, my favorite thing about Becky is she keeps up and she's always happy. Yep. And uh, speaking of being happy, Solitude just sent a a, a press release out, put it on their social media, that they have all of their lifts open right now in November, which they were really happy about. It was yesterday, actually, with that... uh, with that post and deer valleys had their earliest opening of the season and i just got a note also from uh resorts up in the cash valley 
that they're having their earliest start dates yet. So uh, there's a lot of great news out there for skiers, which translates into good news for all of us that, you know, like to drink and bathe and do basic things like that. Right. Absolutely. We have to have this water. And so even if you don't ski, you should be praying for it. All right. I, I didn't know how to tackle. I know people are going to be expecting us to talk about uh, the uh, Utah team getting down to the Pac-12 championship, which has happened since the last time we talked. All the stars had to align, and they did. Made a full day of intense football watching last week. And by the time they're listening to this, the game will have already taken place, but you're headed down there. Of course. Uh, I go where the Utes go. Um, like I said, there's a responsibility to being a, a fan, and I've always lived up to it. And so, you know, as long as I'm, you know, able physically to get to the Ute game when it matters, I'm going to be there. You know that. I've been there 34 years. I've never missed a bowl game. And, um, well, let's hope that doesn't end anytime soon. I'll tell you one of the great things. Uh, we were there last year, brought the whole clan, your side and mine, and uh, got to witness that amazing game against Oregon. And that building at that time, Allegiant Stadium, was probably three-quarters of the way full with Ute fans. But this one, uh, USC fans have a little easier drive to get there, so it's going to be interesting. Well, it's it's not the drive. I mean, Ute will go far. It's just we didn't know our schedules. You know, I had, I had tickets. I bought those tickets to my uh, hotel room literally this summer in case we made it. And it, when we lost, I thought, well, I better get out of that and get that off my credit card. Um, and of course we came back and now there's no place to stay. Yeah. And so who knows, we're going to be outnumbered. I think, by the way, it wasn't, you know, you know, 75% last year, we were past 80%. It was less than 20% of the ducks there. It was a home field advantage. No doubt about it. Um, and again, by the time people are listening to this, the game's already taken place. So fingers crossed the Utes come out with a win and uh, we'll be Pac-12 champions back-to-back and on their way to the Rose Bowl. Because if they, di- if they didn't win the game this week, uh, there's a lot of question marks about where they may end up. Maybe the Alamo Bowl, it sounds like. Yeah, that would be awful. Yeah. And no offense to San Antonio, but I've been there with the Utes a few times, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, yeah, no offense. It sucks. You could have found I another mean, could have found another way to put that. Okay, I grew up in Texas, so I have the right to, you know, criticize Texas. There's only one thing to do there is eat. So for recreation you go out to dinner. Now the food's phenomenal. Yeah. But there's nothing to do there but that. All right. So so we got a little talking about skiing in. We talked a little football. Here's the other thing that came up this week that uh, made me think about you, and again, this dovetails into uh, chatter about your retirement plans coming up. You last summer were talking about you know being at the up at the motor home and just sitting outside with your bird feeder. You become famous up there uh, with your uh, uh, camping neighbors for being a, a bird watcher. But there's a, a story out that I shared on our Facebook page about the therapeutic. Um, benefits of bird watching the benefits the mental health benefits in humans and the uh author of this book which is called and you may want to look this up slow birding the art and science of enjoying the birds in your own backyard has an interesting perspective this is the way she put it um and uh her name by the way uh last name is strassman what's the first name i won't be able to grab it quick enough but anyway Uh, She says, sitting outside and listening to the birds and getting to know their songs is really calming. And to me, the special thing about birds is they can leave. They don't have to be there, but they have chosen to be where you are. And at that point, at uh, at some point, they move on. Uh, 
I never thought of it that way. You know, Tim, we are all connected to nature. We've abandoned nature, and our health is, of course, resulting in bad things because of it. But it's in our DNA. I mean, when, when somebody catches a fish and they hold it up, a tear comes to their eye, and they don't know why, because in the DNA, we were nature. We needed nature, and we worked alongside of nature. And the same is true with birding. Look, sitting there in my chair looking at those birds and recognizing when this one that was there yesterday came back is so fulfilling. I can't explain why. It just is. And, and you need, we need to connect. I do this show because I love nature, and nature is important to our health and well-being. And if you just sit there and watch the birds and listen to them sing, whatever you're going through, it could be physical or emotional, is being helped along. It eases pain. It makes us feel whole again. And, and yeah, birding is magical. Let me read from this book. It says, bird watching spiked in popularity during the pandemic when people were searching for a safe, free outdoor hobby. And calls to uh, mass Audubon exploded in 2020. Uh, newly remote workers wanted to know what was going on outside their window. According to Joan Walsh, the Massachusetts Conservation Organization's chair, she says there's lots of drama, like a soap opera that plays out in the treetops every day. In addition to mesmerizing avian uh, intrigue, birders of any skill level can tap into robust mental health benefits linked to the hobby. This connection we have with nature, this is what you were just talking about, this connection we have with nature is a lot like being in love. I don't know how else to describe it other than attachment. Oh, my gosh. That's the word I think of is love, too. Look, you know, I watched a romantic film that I've seen a hundred times, and my wife makes fun of me. It's love, actually, actually. And I cry every time when I know it's going to happen. Mm. And it's because it's your connection to love and to your family and to nature. And it's, it, I think that is beautiful and accurate. Of all the emotions that ev- are evoked when I'm in nature, especially watching birds, it's love. Mm. You get love of self, love of moment, love of life. You get perspective of your, you remember when you were a child. You remember when you were an adolescent. You remember when you first got married. You remember the love of your life. You remember your children being born. You remember all those wonderful things that make our life wonderful. And nature reconnects us to what really matters. And we just thought we were going out to catch a fish, right? Right. Or or we were going to sit around the campfire. Uh, Actually, lowers blood pressure, levels of stress, uh, introducing hormones such as adrenaline, cortisol, all that takes place. I I just love the way the book puts it. Anyway, uh, we need to take a break. We'll do that. We've got news of the week coming up. And then on the uh, other side, what is coming up at uh, 635 this morning? Well, we'll figure it out during the break. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just a couple of minutes here to get some uh, news of the week on to talk about it. But before we do, Navi, just share what you were telling me off the the air. We're we're in a loving mood today. And it's good we're alone, just me and you. (laughs) 
Uh, but you were sharing uh, something somebody said about the movies that are made in Hollywood. Right. Well, like I say, my, my one of my favorite directors is Curtis, who who did you know Love Actually, which I talked about, and he said there there are thousands of movies made about horror, about serial killers. There was only nine serial killers, but how many people out there have a moment when they're in love, a moment when they love their spouse, a moment when they love their children? Do they crave love? Yes. Why aren't movies made about that more often? Because that is really what we connect with. That is what makes us happy, and that is real. Mm-hmm. I mean. The reason why we love romantic films is because we've all been there and we know how real that emotion is. And it's the greatest emotion we have in life. And so why not just keep exploiting the great emotions that make us feel happy and whole and loved? I mean, that's where we need to be. And and that's why I'm a huge fan of film that talks about love. Amen, brother. Uh, and it's just a self-perpetuating thing. You know, then we complain about the violence in our society, but we go buy a ticket to some movie about uh, serial killers instead of uh, looking for something that's going right. to lower right. the temperature all around us. Not this guy. You know, I'm a romantic guy. Yeah. Oh, I, I, know. I People don't see me cry because they think I'm tough, but yes, yeah, sit down and watch me watch a romantic movie and I can't stop wiping the tears. It's one of the reasons why it's tough to hang around with you with my wife because you make me look bad. Uh, <laughs> 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 buy her those skis, he tells me the other day. If you loved right. her, you would buy her those skis. Tim, I'm going to say it on the air. You found something that she really wants, and you're not jumping at the chance to offer it to her? Well, you make it. Oh, my gosh. I was going to buy them for you and put your name on them <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> well, that's a, now, that's a friend. Uh, right? You make it sound like I've never purchased anything for Becky in her life. Or, or she doesn't, doesn't have skis. It doesn't matter what you've done. It only matters what you do. Okay. Yesterday is gone. What are you doing today, Tim? Yeah. Uh, so it'll come back to you. It'll be worth every penny you spent when you buy those skis for her. So anybody that wins the lottery and gets on a, a quad lift with us up at a ski resort, these are the conversations you have to endure on a ski day. Hey, a couple of notes here that I wanted to get out for a news of the week. And this is unfortunate, but uh, they're telling us that the Bullfrog North boat ramp uh, had to be closed November 21st. The water levels are dropping again, and they fell to 3,529 feet, which doesn't mean anything to anybody. But it means that uh, the the houseboats can't get out of there. And uh, they said it will remain open to smaller vessels until levels fall another four feet. And then they're going to have to keep even the smaller vessels out of there. We're just, you know, we were talking about the snowfall and the fact that we're ahead of schedule now. But they warn us... We need this uh, snowfall to continue all season long if we're going to have any hope of uh, filling our reservoirs, let alone Lake Powell. You know, not, not only empty lakes, Tim, we have a problem with terrible toxic algae because we don't have enough fresh water coming into those places we love to visit. We need the snow more than we can really understand. The Great Salt Lake is going to be a dust bowl, and we're all going to be eating grainy sand with toxic things in it. We need water badly. Yeah, so that's something we'll continue to keep an eye on here. And then I don't know if you saw the video yesterday. Neither of us are are base jumper kind of guys, but there was video yesterday of a base jumper that uh, crashed into a cliff at Moab and then hung there in the air above the ground. His parachute stuck in the cliffside. I don't know if you saw that story, uh, but uh, 600 to 700-foot cliffs in this area down around Moab at the Cane Creek Canyon – and a gust of wind came up and just slammed this uh, base jumper and his uh, 
parachute into the the cliffside, and I guess luckily it stuck because it had it not stuck, and the parachute collapsed. It would have been a real problem. Well, how'd they get him down? You got to finish the story. Well, uh, let me read into this here. The the base jumper starts to plummet toward the ground. Um, as a twelve year old sees what's happening, dad's you know looks up and finds it a uh, hundred feet. They're estimating fell close to 100 feet before hitting a ledge. Then the chute snagged on the ledge. Wow, what is the finish to this story? This is pretty dramatic stuff. Um, A helicopter had arrived, was hovering, but it was uh, clear it couldn't get close enough to the cliff to hoist the man away. Somebody from search and rescue climbed up the cliff, but that was uh, amazing. And this is one of the witnesses who says there was no crack, no obvious route to get there, and so they had to set pins to even get there, somebody miraculously got up there and then got the guy. And, uh, again, this is a quote from somebody that was watching. We couldn't quite tell from the distance if he was conscious or not, uh, but got him on another rope and lowered him down to the ground. My goodness. My goodness. You know, Tim, that man needs to spend the rest of his life saving people because somebody put their own life in danger to save him. So he needs to pay that forward. Yeah. Uh, Quite a video. I posted it if you want to see the story. Uh, KSL 5 TV had it and uh, showed the video. If you want to see it, I put it on our Facebook page, which is just uh, uh, KSL Outdoors Radio. Make sure you put radio on the end of that. All right, got to take a break. News update coming next on the half hour. Navi's coming back with some fish bites before we finish this hour, so don't go away. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.